was a level headed dancer on the road to alcohol. And I was just a soldier on my way to Montreal. Where she pressed her chest against me. What's up? Welcome to this week's episode of From Here It's Potable. We've got Brandon Solis back with us. Uh, we're going to talk the Yoast and Patterson press conference that happened yesterday because it had a lot of good insights and things that we haven't heard and answers to questions that we've had throughout this off season. And then we kind of get interrupted by some breaking Big 12 news and we kind of digest and react to that news live. So it may sound like the ramblings of two madmen, but we do our best to kind of digest it and get some thoughts out about it. But it's mostly questions that I'm sure we all have with few answers that'll hopefully be answered in the coming days. Uh, I did mention, and I'll just mention here again, that if we do get some more concrete news on scheduling, that we will hop back on for kind of an emergency podcast and see where things stand as of that time. But anyway, let's go ahead and get started. All right, it's good to have Brandon Solis back talk a little tech football hopefully tech football um so first we got some pretty good um quotes and insight from that press conference that we all or both of us virtually attended yesterday were you kind of surprised at how open Yost and uh, Patterson were not really just because I mean that's kind of how they've always been with us they're real transparent yeah. as transparent as they can be and right. uh, no and I, I can listen to those guys talk all day I mean you saw how uh, coach Yost kind of interacts with everybody and yeah. especially Don and all those guys. And he kind of, you know, takes jabs here and there. But he, he's a really funny dude, really likable guy. And like you said, we got a lot of great stuff that um, keeps us, you know, hopeful for the for the future, for the Red Raider football team, uh, speaking like, yeah. you know, in-house program-wise. program, program wise. Uh, From both sides of the ball, I liked what we heard. Yeah, one thing, speaking of both sides of the ball, is both Yost and Patterson <clears throat> talked about how – the team is faster like overall just team speed we've got you know players at every level of defense every level of offense that are just athletic and fast and me and you have both been watching football long and tech football long enough to know that that has not always been the case yeah and I think coach Patterson said it himself of when you're going to see this team line up when you're going to see them get off the bus when you're going to see them in the weight room you're just going to think like that's it's totally different. It's a totally different looking team, but in a, in a good way and a more yeah. like, cause a lot of the times I remember, you know, a few years back we'd get off the bus and some teams are just not intimidated by us. Like, Oh no, you know, they're not yeah. the Oklahoma's of the world and stuff where they're just, you know, getting these five-star dudes. But now we're looking at faster team, more aggressive team. And just, yeah. and, and hopefully, you know, we'll have to wait and see, see it for ourselves. But I mean, they're dealing with those guys firsthand and, a lot of talk about the newcomers as well. A lot of young guys too. Yeah. You could tell Patterson was confident. He was, he didn't want to go all in and say, you know, like we're going to be better before than we were last year, but you could tell like he felt better about where things were as of now compared to probably the same time last year, which makes sense. If it, if that wasn't the case, there would be some cause for concern. Um, but yeah, you talking about the new guys. I mean, he, he like couldn't help but just look giddy talking about uh Brandon Booyer. I don't even know Booyer. Is it Booyer? Boyer. 
Boyer, Brandon Boyer, Boyer, I can't even say it, Randall. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, he was talking about how he's he moves like Jordan Brooks, which to me, that was that's Jordan Brooks's best quality is the way how fast he is and the way he moves <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I thought that was very high praise yeah and i mean that's that's a first round draft pick that you're talking about and he kind of mentioned that too he was asked about what can you do with you know you got a guy that gets drafted fifth round in the first round and you got some undrafted free agents uh, from a big 12 defense i mean that's that's impressive who doesn't want to play for that uh but like you like you mentioned just uh, Jordan's speed is pretty damn elite. I mean, yes. and I'm really excited to see what Brandon Boyer Randall can do. I mean, this is a guy coming off uh, shoulder surgery as well, if I'm correct. And he, when I, whenever I asked him about him, he's you know he's coming into no contact, or now he's into contact. Excuse me. He was on that no contact whenever before the you know the season got canceled. Whenever we had the first four practices, mm-hmm. and. Um, but no, I'm interested to see how he does um, full health wise, and I think we're looking at that from top to bottom with Allen and all those guys. Just now that they're all healthy, to see what they're able to do. But yeah, big big time praise for for big time transfers coming in. You'd expect him to get a lot of playing time. Yes, yeah. I mean, him, <clears throat> Eric Monroe, both got shout outs, and you know, even Yost talked about how aggressive the defense had been in practice so far. And I really liked what Patterson said about. Just, you know, an aggressive defense doesn't mean we're just blitzing every play. It's like a mindset. It's a way you play. And that is really important because I know that, you know, a lot of us, especially when Gibbs was here, we just wanted to see pressure, more pressure, more pressure. And there, there's a time for that, but you also got to realize you're going to get beat doing that too. So it's good just to have like the aggressive mindset, but I think they've recruited to that too. I mean, all the guys that they've brought in, like I watch their film and they like violence. They like to like get after people. And so, you know, I I think it's not only a scheme, but it's also just a mindset of being aggressive. And that's, that's a welcome change from the Gibbs regime, which is just kind of step back. Yeah. And like, they both carry themselves very well, you know, Stan Patterson, but uh, Patterson, you can kind of get behind him and believe, and you can actually understand what he's talking about because if, if somebody if somebody watches and doesn't know much about football, he's pretty good at breaking down things to a very simple yeah. way to where you can understand how, what's going on. And a lot of that yeah. with, uh, with his team now is just development and getting them to where he wants them and then teaching them scheme and getting them in here. I think he said Eric Monroe's still trying to get that, get that down, get their playbook down and, kind of just go go from there with him but I mean that's what an LSU dude that should I mean the only thing different for him is just the same game just a different concept of things a little bit but Mm -hmm. uh, I'm excited for all those guys I mean they they really said some great things and uh, I I don't know if you want to go to offense yet but the um, the running back talk the tight end talk I mean that that all sounded pretty positive and they do have depth almost amongst every single level of offense there yeah and to the depth piece just the last thing I'll say about the defense is you know, he was listing off all the guys <clears throat> that could play in the secondary. And he said several times, we will be better on the back end this coming year, which they have to be. I mean, mm-hmm. who knows what their record is if they could have just stopped some of those big plays. But, you know, I think he they've, they've figured out more of who can play where. You know, he mentioned several guys playing diff- not necessarily different positions, but just kind of moving them around to see who's better, where, and just overall athleticism and speed is better. And in that back end, which will 
all it can do is it can't get worse. And so just having guys and promoting competition will get guys better. So that was good to hear too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, offensively, like you said, I, I it was interesting listening to Yost's answer about um, the running backs depth because you know he was pretty candid about like there were guys taking snaps in the spring that will never take a snap you know now in practice like that <laughs> that's how dire the situation was and he said now we've now they've got three or four guys that can get back there and and execute the offense and, and he even said it'll only make Sir Roderick better it's basically like Sir Roderick is going to earn how many carries you know that he any as many as he wants basically but he's got to go out there and earn it because there are guys pushing him now it won't just be here here you go here's the job yeah and I like what he called it the the rep chart not the depth chart yeah was that, that him was or cool. Patterson one it of might them. Have been, that might have been Patterson, but I think it goes for both. I mean, yeah, it did. He did. They did case. mention that. Yeah, they, I mean, they did mention kind of both of them. It was like they kind of got annoyed at the depth chart question, and it both seemed to focus on how many reps instead of you know depth levels. But but yeah, and you asked about tight ends, right? Yes, yeah, I did, and uh, specific. Uh, specifically asked about Simon, uh, and I think you know they're they're just happy to have him back in the room after his whatever issue happened with him. And I know it was some discipline um, decision on their end to kind of, you know, give him some time off. But uh, that, I mean, that, that whole group is kind of loaded there. And I, I, haven't, I haven't heard much about Travis Coons other than what he said yesterday. But from what I'm hearing, I mean, that's your, that's your number one tight end, uh, if I had to predict right now. And uh, I'm, I'm just kind of th- I'm trying to like think it. how they're going to work with those guys. You know, I, I would assume that it's a similar situation as it was last year where, like, you know, and he kept talking about how Thompson was the guy. But, you know, we still saw Coons make some plays. Um, and I would bet that Coons starts the season as the number one. And, and I, I would be surprised if he he's in, like, barring injury, if he's not the guy, especially, like, Wells – or, sorry, Yost was talking about how he's put on weight and also gotten faster which, you know, is big, you know, and he kept talking about how Thompson would always make those contested catches, which he was like, you know, Koontz needs to be able to do that, but Koontz also has the ability to get open, you know, and not have to make contested catches, which is good. And and a lot of times you see that with Juco guys where they come in and it's kind of an adjustment year. And so, you know, hopefully he can make that jump, you know, and even wasn't it crazy how they never saw Lloyd in person until he got here. Yeah, that yeah, I thought that was really interesting how he said it was kind of just by virtual. Like he called it specifically something, but he said uh, it was a Christmas yeah, present. Christmas, he called it the Christmas present, and uh, yeah, I mean they, that's a and that's a good school from from what I've learned and learned about them and research. San Mateo is a solid school, and uh, it's just you know it's one of those small schools. I mean, I think I mentioned it before, but they were on last chance you just playing the main focus school in uh, what was that? Laney College this past season, they were, mm-hmm. they they went to Laney College and I think they lost the game, but or they might have won it. But anyways, he was at one of those small schools that you know those guys are hard workers usually. Um, they they usually they're there because they know that they can be D one or that they want to be D one, but this is not the right time for them. And I'm thinking he might be a real big sleeper if he gets playing time. Um, hope he yeah. I hope he does. 
But there's a lot of young guys His... on that uh, tight end, tight end depth chart though, or rep chart. Yeah. Yeah, well, and his deal is, like, you watch that film and you're like, holy crap, like, this dude's the best tight end that's ever played this position. But then, like you said, you got to realize what school. He was playing at a smaller school. I mean, to me, I I don't – I get too excited about him, so I'm trying to temper my expectations. Just like I said, watching that film looks really good. And it's he ran a similar offense there that he'll run here, which helps. But I could see him making, like, three or four plays this, this year where you're like, holy crap, and, like, next year we go into the season and we're thinking like Eric, like the jump that we expect Eric Uzukama, Uzukama to make now, I think we expect, we're going to expect that from Lloyd next year where he comes in you're like, that dude's going to be like a dude at tight end that we're going to be able to rely on after the flashes he showed this past year. That, that's my expectations. But again, that's basing it off film you know, with those small schools. He just looks to have all the skill set, the blocking and the catching ability. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's what obviously this team needs in a tight end. And uh, we haven't had one of those since Jace, Jace Amaro. Yeah. Uh, a real big, flashy kind of guy. And hopefully Jason's like that. I know they got some some other guys, like I mentioned, on that uh, depth chart that could really maybe pull forward. But really excited about the tight ends and running backs. And then uh, a few offensive line talk. Um, Coach kind of mentioned – Coach Yost, uh, I think he wanted to talk about that specifically with the when you recruit a tackle, he can also play guard. They're all kind of cross-strained, which is really cool. Right, yeah. He may, and this kind of gives us some insight into, you know, I know people have been frustrated with the offensive line recruiting, and this this honestly could provide some context because, you know, when, when Yost says we recruit tackles, like that's – he made it sound like that's basically all they recruit is they recruit guys who played tackle in high school, which – you know, kind of limits who you who are you going to offer. So that could that could be one reason for the few you know the small amount of offers. But it's basically we recruit tackles and we put them where we want on our offensive line. So like you know all of that offensive line. You know, I guess in Yost's perfect world, your offensive line is full of former tackles, and you just find spots to put them. Um, so I thought that was pretty pretty insightful, as well as you know he talked about you know, Zach Adams and Berger at left tackle um, and talking about Casey Verholst and Caleb Rogers and Landon Peterson at right tackle. And then, you know, which it's awesome to hear those young guys competing, you know, at those tackle spots. But then he also said like today in practice, they were just going to flip. So the left tackles were going right, right tackles, which I always, when I coach show line, I like to do that too, because you go into a season thinking like, this is this guy's best spot. This is this guy's best spot. And you kind of get stuck, but it's nice to, well, let's just see what it looks like over there. What's it going to hurt? You know, like, what if, you know, like what if uh, Zach Adams is actually much better on the right side and that way we can play burger on the left side. Like maybe those are your two best tackles. You didn't even know it. And then, I mean, then they talked about that with the guards too. They basically listed every tackle saying, Oh, well he's worked guard and he's worked guard and he's worked guard and Anderson can play center. I mean, it's just – it's like you said, they're all cross-trained. They yeah. can all – which helps depth-wise. You don't have to say, well, this is our only center. He – you know, he's not very good, but he's the only guy that's worked center. Well, no, your All-American guard has worked center. So now mm-hmm. you can pull up your – you know, it's just next best man up, not next man at that position, which is the way it should be done. No, I love the way they, they're handling it, and I think you uh... – hit it on the nose they get a lot of uh, coach farmer gets a lot of heat on that and 
specifically the recruiting stuff, but what he's working with now is pretty impressive. I like, I like almost every one of those guys from top to bottom. Yeah. So. You know, I, you know, honestly, I'm a little worried about tackle. I'm not worried at all, all about guard. I think you're deep at guard and you're good. I think at tackle, you're deep and you're talented, like Yo said, but you need guys to win those jobs. It doesn't need to be like, well, I guess he was the best. It needs to be like, okay, Casey Verholst earned this job. He is our tackle. Josh Berger, Zach Adams, whoever. We need those guys to earn those jobs. Um, I just worry about Zach Adams because he's been here. You know, he's going to be a senior and hasn't been able to force his way onto the field, you know. And that doesn't mean a light can't come on for a kid late in his career, but it's just worrisome. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah, I'm kind of trying to give him the benefit of that because he had two solid dudes ahead of him, Travis Buffy and Terrence Steele. Yeah. uh, You know, for the past, you know, four four years, however long they were here. But, um, yeah, I'm excited for that. And uh, Taylor, I don't know if it's the right time if you want to switch subjects to our next topic. I know we uh, had that earlier, but I I might have some breaking news here. Okay. Yeah, this bit. has been the topic all day, so let's hear it. So we heard the uh, – yeah, I'm gonna take, let me take the reins for a second. I'll, you get some uh, weight Please. off your shoulders. Please do. So the talk all day uh, – we're recording this on Tuesday. I mean, I guess the talk for the past few days has been the Pac-12 and, um, you know, the SEC, the Power Five conferences. Just are they going to stick with the fall season or are they not? We found out that the, uh, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten – officially called fall seasons a no-go, and that means no football. Well, on our end of things, we worry about the Big 12. The Big 12 university presidents are wrapping up their call, according to Sooner Scoop and to some other sources from Yahoo.com, and the league is going to continue to pursue playing this season. A schedule, which has already been prepared, will be released in the near future, and uh, like I said, that was confirmed by our uh, rivals affiliate, Sooner Scoop. So, um Looks like we're going to continue with the Big 12, and um, that, that's exciting news as of, you know, Tuesday at 7.30. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm going to have to light up a cigarette after this. I'm so relieved. <laughs> oh, man. That no, is, it, it that got is, a little scary. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, like, we, we were counting on – the big 12 to make the right decision okay like how many how many times has that happened uh i just knew all day that it was going to be bad and and so if those sources are correct it's like a our uh, colleague matt claire tweeted just a few minutes ago the uh it's a big day for source because we're you know because everybody's <laughs> sources or whatever um but yeah i mean that's that's big news for so many reasons like obviously like our livelihood, but also just like the local, I mean, like what does it do to a town like Lubbock or a town like Stillwater or a town like College Station if, or I just moved from if like there's no football, you know, that's, that drives so much of the town. And I, I mean, it just would have been devastating. Yeah. I mean, that's like you said, it's our livelihood. I mean, a lot of people would would have been affected by that. And a lot of people are affected because the big 12 or the big 10 and the Pac-12. Yeah. Um, with those decisions. Um, I think uh, Level, you know, Chris Level mentioned it to us earlier in our little group message that we have and stuff. And there's a, there's a lot of questions that are still on the table. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah. you can't just roll in and just say, okay, well, we're going to keep going. And uh, I guess, you know, you can. And like I said, their schedule's already been revised and they're going to go with it. Now, do you add Nebraska in? Do you add Iowa? Do you? Right. I mean, Nebraska was. Nebraska has been pretty like adamant i mean like scott frost 
pulled no punches. He was like, if we don't play, we are going to look for other options. Like there, you, there's not a lot of nuance in that statement. I mean, that is, we are going to look to play football regardless of what you do. So it, it'll be how much bite does that have basically? Like, is he capable or is Nebraska? I mean, just everything is so complicated because you got to think of, you know, TV deals, third tier rights. You got to think of uh, how, you know, what does a guy like Justin Fields do? You know, I saw people tweeting about like, oh man, I can't wait until um, Justin Fields ends up in Lincoln Riley's offense, you know? And it's like, of course that would happen, but how does that happen? And then like, you know, because, okay, so yeah, let's say Oklahoma takes on Justin Fields. Well, where's, where's the guy on the roster whose scholarship that was? What does he do now? You know, like, do we expand rosters? I, do we allow more scholarships? Like, there's just, there's just so many questions. And, and again, we're, we're still, we just got this news, you know, all, everything could fall apart in uh, two hours. But yeah. It's just, it's, this news is good but it almost brings more questions to the table. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I think right now everybody's kind of just excited. I think we're seeing a lot of, you know, I mean, I don't really know the other side of the story because I haven't really thought about it, but I mean, back 12 and big 10 canceling the season, their reasoning behind all that, um, who voted what, and that, that goes for, you know, all conferences. But I know right now the SEC is pretty happy to have the big 12 with them. And uh, I haven't heard has the ACC said anything yet. They released a statement with the SEC basically saying we're going to – we're we're continuing with our plan. You know, we're monitoring the situation, but we plan on following the schedule we released. And that's the thing that has been brought up several times, but it's like – so let me get this straight. Like Nebraska was – and Iowa were practicing. You know, you release your schedule, you allow these teams to practice, and now the medical – like what changed? Like now the medical reasons say it's not safe. Like what changed? And that's where the conspiracy theories get get thrown in. Like, oh, they just wanted everybody to get to campus, move on campus, say, oh, look, we're going to try to play football, blah, blah, blah. And then now we're going to pull the rug out from under you. Like, okay, we got you on campus. We got you enrolled in classes. Psych. There's not going to be any fall sports. Yeah, I mean, because everybody kind of released a schedule and they kind of said, okay, we're moving like this. This is how we're going to attack things. And then all of a sudden, I don't know where it even started, was uh, hold the horses, that the whole power five it has to come to a decision. And you're kind of being forced to do that, you know. Meanwhile, ACC and SEC are just like, we're going to keep going. Like, nothing's really changed here. Right. I mean, and I'm glad the Big 12, like you said, it's scary when the Big 12 has to make a decision, I think, uh a lot of people were adamant about that too. They're very vocal about that. Uh, yes. And obviously, and I saw a lot of, um, you know, slack towards uh, Bob Bowlesby, the Big 12 commissioner. But at the end of the day, it wasn't his decision. It was up to the Big 12 presidents and the Big 12 yes. presidents, as in uh, Lawrence Skuvenak, the Texas Tech president. And, you know, I couldn't name any other school president, honestly, in the Big 12. It leaves, but it leaves me asking, guys. what does Bob Bowlesby do? <laughs> yeah, he's just the face. He's the face that's going to take the heat. <laughs> Kind of like the Big Ten dude. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's just like okay, so you, we keep making all these jokes about Bowlesby, but it's basically up to the athletic directors and the presidents. Yeah, like you're, you know, you're kind of just like okay, go out there, take take this for us, and just kind of you know smile and keep it moving. But then Bob Bowlesby is going to get the praise now too, though. So. Yeah, and you know, it just it is funny that you know the Big Twelve is 
is the kind of the the butt of a lot of jokes around you know the power five conferences and the one true champion crap you know and and it, i mean much of it deserved and then you know it comes down to this unprecedented worldwide pandemic situation to save college football and who gets thrown right into the crux of all of it is the effing big 12 like it's yeah, just it's so like, funny okay. how things <laughs> work out like that like I, I just all day like as annoyed and as frustrated as i've been about this whole situation that brought me just the slightest bit of comedic relief thinking that the fate of the college football world rests on the big 12 shoulders and i mean it's, it's scary it's it's big time scary and now everybody's kind of rolling with this news as we keep speaking uh as we, like i said though as we record this we haven't heard anything official right uh, we haven't well, heard Pete, anything. I did see Pete Thamel. It's not only Sooner Scoop. I just saw Pete yes. Thamel also. So that's big. He usually knows. I don't know. He was the one with the news about the cancellations of the other conferences. Um, so I would assume. I would assume. So I mean. So I mean, really, we should be getting a revised Big Twelve schedule soon, right? Yeah, anytime. And you know, maybe we'll have to record a different, a different episode to kind of go over that, which would be probably you know something that we might do, just kind of to go look at the schedule and talk a little bit about the schedule but um you know i'm still thinking you know september start i really would love them to get something handled with uh with nebraska and maybe another school that'd be that'd be awesome actually have a big it would be, and yeah or even like is it even a permanent deal or is it like uh is exactly. it like, like you know this is, this year, this is for and i and i this is just my personality but i'm a little like Oh, so now you want to come back? Well, go find somebody else. But I realize, like, it's probably for the good of the Big 12 to have a brand like Nebraska back. And honestly, I think that's a team that Tech can beat. So, sure, let's get a conference win in here. Um, But, yeah, it's just, like I said, it raises so many questions. Like, what do you do with those players in the Pac-12 and the the Big 10 who still want to play? You know, and I'm talking about not even the Justin Fields, the Pene Sewell, that O-lineman at Oregon, like, not the top first round draft pick guys but what about the guy who just wanted to play it was, it was his senior year and he wants and he wanted another year and he and he doesn't want to delay his graduation getting in the workforce you know another year like what does he do is he going to transfer to texas tech and you know finish it out and what does the ncaa say about that you know like there's just like i said it's just as excited as i am to hear the news and it, and i will take any and all questions and and weird situations just to play but it does raise a lot of questions and unknowns so yes. I don't, and the answers to questions we won't know or and won't especially know anytime soon but like i, I mean, said i'm just excited to have it back yeah and you got three of the of the five three of the power five i mean that's there you go i mean how would that how does the you know the pac-12 look now how does the big 10 look that was something I, mean, I, I was talking about with some of my coaching friends is what does so let's say the Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC go off without a hitch. We play a season. It gets to January. We crown a champion, blah, blah, blah. No hiccups. What, like, what are, what are the, what are the AC or what are the Big 10 and Pac 12 look like then? And there's yeah, no way there's just, that's, that's disrespect. I mean, like you mentioned, what about the kids that are just, you know, wanting to play? You yeah. took that away from them. Like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And, and it's just like, what? They're not playing in the spring. I can tell you that. I don't. Oh, no. I don't have a source or anything. I can just tell you that ain't happening. And so it's it's like okay. So we <clears throat> we obviously could have played, 
these leagues did it. They did it safely. And yet we, I had to miss my senior season because somebody thought it was a good idea to just be careful. You know, like it's, it's, it's going to look pretty bad if we end up playing and everything goes off without a hitch for those conferences that cancel. Like I said, a long way to go, but you know, someone just brought up, like I said, we're getting news right here. Yes. Someone just brought up a good point, uh, Zach Barnett from Football Scoop. Um, you know, he even says going to put the cart 200 yards before the horse. But with the Big Ten and Pac-12 out, the Big 12 has Fox all to itself. Oh, man. <laughs> we're going to get the A team. We're going to get the prime spot. Actually, no, Tech will probably still kick off at 11. Um, probably. And, you know, but that's just, that's just good for the league. It's exposure. It we're going to be the only games on one of the biggest networks in the country. Halloween's uncanceled. Yeah, that can only be good. But no, it's it's a good day, I guess. You know, I guess who you ask. You know, I know there's going to be some people that um, probably aren't fans of, of the decision, you know. Oh, yeah. And like I said, this could all – we're a long way from it being able to say this is a success. You know, we could still have an outbreak on a team. We could mm-hmm. somebody get seriously sick. We could, you know, there's things that could happen, obviously. But, I mean, that's – it's like a lot of people have said, that's how you basically live your life every day. And um, and it gets really complicated. You know, a lot of people talk about the NBA bubble, and it goes like, well, yeah, those guys are paid to play. Technically, these college players aren't. And so that it just brings up a lot of tougher questions to answer when you – are behind that term amateurism it's like so we're going to force amateurs to play during a global pandemic you know it just it complicates the issue even more it does uh going back real quick to the schedule i think uh you know like you said we're monitoring this and i've seen some questions you know just on the board i always keep that up when we record these and uh do we keep houston baptist in the schedule that's the yeah i'm pretty sure you do um you're guaranteeing them four hundred thousand dollars um you know, to come up here and play. That's an in-state school. You're going to keep that one. Now, will they add, will they allow, like, let's say if they do let a Nebraska into the league, do we extend it by another week? Uh, you know, is right. that something that they're willing to do? So, um, yeah. lo- lots lots of questions. You know, because I, I, I am, yeah, because let's say the Big 12 releases their schedule. Obviously, it's not going to have Nebraska on it. It's not going to have Iowa on it or whatever. But it's, well, yeah, what, how, how are they going to be if, let's say, Nebraska reaches out? Like, how willing are they going to be to say, you know what, this is going to be a good thing for the league, for the sport. We'll go back in. We'll redo the schedule. I would like to see the, stedu- the schedule extended out. I would, like to see, yes. I would like to see a school like, let's get rid of Houston Baptist and let's have our first game against a league opponent, whatever that league looks like. You know, and let's let's add some more bye weeks in there. Let's stretch the season from September 12th to the middle of January, for all I care. Like, put put some degrees of separation in there to where we can say, all right, well, you know, things are getting a little dicey with numbers. Everybody, take a week off. You know, do all your testing. Blah blah blah. We'll we'll just push everything off a week, you know? And like I said, that's very confusing, very complicated, but I would just like to see the schedule expanded to have that option. Yeah. And just imagine if you're a PAC 12 kid, a big 10 kid, and you're sitting at home and you're going to have to be watching 
these other leagues play. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. Oh, I know. I, I mean, like I said, especially like how betrayed do you feel that, you know, your league didn't do anything to help you basically like these other leagues are going to try. They are going to do yeah. everything in their power to allow you to, to give you the chance to play safely. You know, it, it, it would be very hard for me to take. Like I, like I said, if I'm, if I'm playing for Purdue right now and I'm just your, you know, your average D1 football player, not going to go to the NFL or anything like I am, I am like beyond words right now. Mm-hmm. And if you're, you're one of those coaches in those, in those leagues, you're kind of just that you can't blame a kid for wanting to leave and they're going to try everything in their power to keep them obviously. Cause maybe, you know, next year we're going to get back to normal. Yeah. Um, but can you really blame a kid when he comes up to you and says, Hey, I need, we need answers, but the coaches don't have the answers now yet either. Right. So, but I'm, I'm assuming that's already happened somewhere and that the oh, yeah. answer was probably like, you know, just, we don't know the answers. You're going to have to wait, but uh, you know, maybe they're like, why don't you just stick around and you can't blame the kid for saying no. And that's right. the, and what, I mean, that's why they chose your school is to play football. Yeah. And how does that work with eligibility? Let's say like, the Pac-12 and the and the um, Big Ten canceled. The Big 12, SEC, ACC play. What are you What are you going to do? Like allow those Big Ten and um, Pac-12 kids to have another year of eligibility, and then what does that do to the kid to the guys who are committed to them right now? Do they need to? Are they going to have to find another spot to go? Because how do you allow Big Ten, Pac-12 rosters to expand? and not ACC, SEC, Big 12. Like, people have said it, this could be the end of this NCAA system for football because how do you handle a situation like that now where leagues are doing different things? How, do you, how is there one body, you know, that really, you know, you could say is makes decisions, although they have seemed very quiet during this process, but like, how do you start making those decisions now? I, I don't know. I, like I said, there's yeah. more questions than answers. Well, right now we live on another day and, you know, we're going to keep doing what we're doing and the Red Raiders are going to keep doing what they're doing and everybody else is going to keep it moving as well. So. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's all you can do. And like, I said, you know, it's it, overall, it is just good news that for as of 7:54 PM on, I don't even know, Tuesday, whatever day it is that we have, Texas Tech football to look forward to and a lot could change but I will I will say and I don't want to speak for you Brandon but if we get a schedule if we get some more news you know I may hop on and talk about this some more and do a little emergency once podcast once we get some some better news but um, you know as of now uh, I think we're going to go ahead and kind of let the news cycle play out a little bit and if if something develops more substantial or that's a big deal we'll hop back on and give our input on it but um, Brandon, thanks for joining me again today. Yeah, for sure. I mean, long live the Matterers, right? <laughs> I hope so. Let's just get to it. Uh, said I've got some time. I'm abusing. Change my mind if you ever switch it up.